This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Humberto Carrillo and you're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 233. My name is Nick Howell. And wondering how long before we see, as a tribute to Edge, now that he's back, a live sex celebration between Charlie Caruso and Angel Garza, I am Sir Ian Dangerous, (laughs) and welcome to Busted Wide Open, where we talk about all of the wrestling and the sports entertainment and the graps and the haps and all of that good stuff. And we have a show to you today, for you today, where we're going to talk about Raw, Monday Night Raw, which happened last night. We need to discuss because we are on the road to backlash. And another week and a half. Till then, one more raw yay. before we uh, we have we have backlash. backlash so yay. they had to set, they had to set, set. Hey, man, I thought that was your favorite pay per view. <laughs> it it is not my favorite. It pay-per-view. is not. Oh, no. that's too bad. Um, well, luckily, luckily, uh, it looks like they're setting up some big matches for that, and they definitely set those up on this episode of Raw. And we need to talk about all of that. But first, Nick, we have to do some housekeeping, and then we can talk about. All of that. Yes, thank you very much. And guys, you can find all of the things I'm about to say in the description below right here on YouTube or over on our website, bwopodcast.com. But come join us in Facebook. Make sure you get into the discussion group. Like our page. Um, You can also follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at bwopodcast. We stream live right here on YouTube every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern at busted wide, sorry, youtube.com slash busted wide open. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Jingle that little notification bell, too, because you'll get notified every day when we put up an episode of BWO Daily, which is right around 5 p.m. Eastern to Pacific. Uh, you're going to get a new episode of all the news. So make sure you're subscribed right here at youtube.com slash busted wide open uh, to get all of that good stuff. Last but certainly not least, uh, to all of our patrons, thank you guys very, very much for all of your support every single month. If you'd like to get in on some of those exclusive rewards, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers to get access to show notes, bonus episodes, a back catalog of bonus episodes exceeding a year Mm. at this point, all kinds of good stuff. And if you'd like a sample of that, we do have the Firefly Funhouse match breakdown and deep dive by Sir Ian Dangerous himself on our YouTube channel, Freely available just so that you can get a teaser and a sample of what you'll be getting for your $10 a month. Even if you just want to do one month and check all the back episodes out, do that. You may find value in it there. But patreon.com 
slash BWO. Uh, and again, reminder, I hope you guys are enjoying the BWO Daily stuff. Ian and I are having a lot of fun doing that uh, to get some content on the YouTube channel every single day. Uh, Will James was apparently scratching himself, uh, saying that he needs, he wants more of it. Where can he find more of it? <laughs> Heard, sir. We hear you. That's the kind of feedback we're looking for. I hope you guys are loving it. But Ian, like you said, we got to build the backlash, and we got to go talk about Monday Night Raw. Well, it was advertised all week, the retirement of Rey Mysterio. And they, they luckily started walking it back a little bit and saying the supposed retirement of Rey Mysterio. They didn't just say it's the retirement of Rey Mysterio because that would be disingenuous. That would be advertising something that's not actually going to happen and a bit of trolling, kind of like the greatest wrestling match ever. Right. But that's neither here nor there, Nick, because we had at the top of the show, Seth Rollins comes out of the back and proceeds to talk about Rey Mysterio and how he had to sacrifice himself for the greater good so that Seth Rollins could achieve his ultimate goal of being the one to lead Raw into the future. That yeah, that was pretty much the that was the promo. It was like a ten minute promo. That's pretty much was was he trying to make a, a crucifixion reference? Or, except he wasn't the one that was getting crucified. I, so he's going to sacrifice Rey right. Mysterio to the fan like gods Pontius, to do Pontius Pilate coming out and being like, "I sacrificed Jesus for all of you." I'm so I'm such a. I mean, you, you're welcome. <laughs> it had to be done. Because, you know, I'm such a great guy. Kind of like that sort of thing. But, you know, twisted logic is what makes a heel great. And this was very twisted logic. Yes. He even said he'd be honored to induct Rey Mysterio into the Hall of Fame. Uh, which was uh, That was a great line. But, yeah, so uh, we ultimately got into a match. Ultimately, we, we then ran into uh, Aleister Black versus Seth Rollins. Aleister came hot out of the back and took out Seth and proceeded to beat him down. Okay, great. But, man... Uh, I, I love Seth's character. I love a lot of the, the stuff that they're doing with it and around it uh, with his disciples and with, you know, or, or whatever they're called. And, uh, you know, with how he's pissing off a bunch of different people. And now apparently Alistair is like one of Ray's buddies and Ray is his mentor somewhere out of nowhere. Um, at one point, Humberto Carrillo comes out of the back. They tried to stab his eye out last week and he came out to keep the disciples off of off of the match and ultimately Alistair did get the pin and this was a fantastic match yeah not pay-per-view level but definitely like high level for a, a raw I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't the main two, event two great work two great workers but it was the way that they opened the show yeah after you had this long bloviating speech from Seth and to be clear Seth's great on the mic he's a great talker but I, I and this is something that's been leveled against WWE for years and years and years. Nick, is why are you opening with people talking? And like, it's not even like they're giving a whole bunch of plot. <laughs> it's just they're just talking. Seth, to Seth, you just pull his string on his back and he walks out to the ring and talks and talks He's, and talks. Right. He's from the Triple H school of opening Raw. Where uh, if you give uh, me a microphone, uh, I can talk for hours, uh. and that's pretty much what happened yes. here. I, remember, remember, remember the uh, when he was first a heel champ after WrestleMania 31, and he would come out and do that because he was with the Authority, and he'd come out and he would talk forever. This felt a little bit like that to me. Maybe I just had a little PTSD. 
But I was like, ah, oh, come on, guys. You could start the show hot. You know what I mean? Like, Because the match ended with Seth and his boys beating down Alistair and, and Carrillo again. He stomped them both. Why not have the speech then? Uh, it's a good point. Uh, I mean, you, you had no way of getting to the match without so so Seth was basically tearing, Ray, yeah. tearing down Ray, yeah. and Alistair couldn't. I can't take this anymore. anymore. I'm going out yeah. to the ring, right? So, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, no, really? Right. Okay. Just, I want more of uh, Alistair Black and Murphy. I I I didn't know I would enjoy Seth Alistair as much as I did from a match perspective, but here we go oh, again. Come on, how would you? How would you not? Those two guys are made to work together. I can't wait for them work to work together more. Sure. Put some stakes on the line or something. But, I mean, as he should be able to, like, really work through Theory and Murphy to get to... This is what we said about Brody Lee. But He's got to the, be the final boss. But that's the thing. Yes, agree with Seth. He should be the final boss and being held back for that. And that's kind of, I think, one of the things that's making this feud between all these different parts kind of confusing is we've got essentially almost like two factions, right? right. Alistair... Humberto Carrillo, Ray, and now actually someone else in that faction too we might bring up in a second. Uh, but then you've got Seth and Austin Theory and Murphy. So it's three on three. And with Ray out, now you have Alistair kind of stepping up into the main role. Yeah. But the problem there is, is I, I agree with you. How does this ultimately settle? Like are we settling this into Ray versus Seth? Um, or is it going to be something else? Let's talk about the fact that Ray was on the show later. They had an actual interview with Ray. He called in from his house and uh, with his son, Dominic. And his son, Dominic, kind of pissed. Yeah. And Ray's not happy either. Ray also had a nice long speech where he talked about how, uh, you know, Seth, he, he's mad that his family had to go through this and see what Seth did to him. Basically, like, you could have taken his speech from later and transposed it onto his Brock feud from last year, and it would have just, it would have played exactly the same. It's pretty much the same thing. And sure enough, Dominic sitting, you know, sits there, and when Ray takes off, Dominic doesn't leave, and he waits for a second, and he goes, Seth, you're a man of scripture, an eye for an eye. And then he picks up and takes off himself. Um, So it's looking like, and this is, of course, you know, with backstage rumor as well, that Ray wants to get Dominic involved in wrestling. It looks like Dominic's going to get involved in this. Does he get involved in the same way he did with the Brock feud where he does a couple of spots and then gets his ass beat? Or is he going to be the third member and Ray's going to be on the sideline? Is Because we still haven't heard if Ray's locked down his contract yet. So is Ray even going to be a part of this? He, he refused to say whether or not he was retiring uh, in this segment. So they're keeping that up in the air. We have one more Raw till Backlash, Nick. they got one more Raw to land this plane. Where do you think things will settle by Backlash? Is it going to be Ray versus Seth? Or is it going to be three-on-three, Dominic, Alistair, and Umberto versus Seth and his disciples? How how are they going to make this make sense by the time they get to the pay-per-view? I love that you're consciously asking me this as if I'm not going to say something besides I, I saw this coming. Nick Booking. Dominic. What about him? Dominic is. I think Dominic is going to don a mask, right? Of course, I think he's going to get beat down first. He's going to don uh, a mask and avenge his father. That's what I think. And now he's it may get, not play out exactly like Nick Booking down. did, where him and Eddie are they're going to argue over who his real dad is. Not that in- level of insanity. But yes, I think Dominic is going to be wrestling in a ring. Maybe not by backlash. Maybe he gets his ass whipped, but. 
and but then there's a return and he comes back and avenges his father maybe at SummerSlam. I don't I see Dominic getting in the ring at some point. Yes. I see him getting in the ring. I don't see him working a, a full match. All right. I I think I think they he might be in there as a tag partner and get a little bit of action, but I, I don't know. He took an ass whooping from Brock Lesnar last summer. <laughs> he took an ass. There's a difference between take, dude. You and I could take an ass whooping from Brock Lesnar. That doesn't mean that you can get into a ring and wrestle a match. Well, I wouldn't do anything else against Brock Lesnar except take an ass whooping. So <laughs> you wouldn't have a choice. Right. Exactly. I, I'm just there as a pinata at that point. He also hit a six one nine on Brock Lesnar. So That's you know, true. props or props are due. A tiger fade kick is not an easy move to pull off. No. But neither here nor there. Uh, in my opinion, Dominic almost kind of ruined this segment because the dude was not meant to promo. He's not a good. He's not a good promo yet. He, the The guy is. He still has such a baby face. Like yes, he's baby faced, but he's also he looks like a freaking overgrown child. That it's hard to take him seriously when he's being serious and trying to threaten somebody. Yeah, it's like okay, kid. <laughs> you, you're you're like sure. fourteen. Don't finger wag at me. You know. You're you're, you're yeah. <laughs> so your your concept of him getting involved in this beyond just being kind of a prop, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't think they've given but, us any reason to believe that yet, but I think that'll come. Yeah, I don't know. I I would just like to see a clean Alistair Seth feud. That's me. You want Alistair, buddy? I always want Alistair Seth. I thought Alistair winning over Seth here, even though it wasn't entirely clean, was a big that was a big thing for him. Like he that's a that's a significant. If you can get a win on Seth, that's a that's a pretty big deal. I think so. They're definitely I, I'm liking the fact that they're using him that way. I like how they're using Carrillo as well. Like the fact that he's involved in this means that they see something in him right now. So yeah, i I'm waiting to see it play out, but it still feels a little bit like they need to they need to put those horses in the stable. That makes sense. Yes. In the main event feud on the other side of Raw, we had MVP versus Drew McIntyre, which would seem to be somewhat unlikely, seeing as MVP is supposedly a producer and also supposedly Lashley's manager. But the word is that apparently no longer is MVP working as a producer backstage. He's now actually been officially put as an active member of the roster and is now active as such. Uh, and even though he's working with Lashley, he's now a full-time talent. So, okay. All right. This got, this, all right. This got set up by uh, last... Uh, you had backstage last week, of course, uh, Drew kicked MVP's head off uh, with one of his claymores. MVP's still wearing the, the little thing, a little mouse under his eye from that, and he was confronted by Lana... They got they got heated because they don't like each other. And Lana said, "You know what? You're just using. You're leeching off Bobby Lashley to try to resuscitate your failing career." And he said, "Well, that's not true. But if it were true, then you know what? You'd be doing the same thing." She kind of stared in for a second. She gave him a gave him a nice big slap. Gave him a mouse on the other side of his face. So he matched. And then she was interviewed later and said, "Well, you know, Lashley said I can't come out to his matches." Because I'm too distracting, because I'm too beautiful. But he never said anything about coming out to MVP's matches. And so later on, when we had MVP versus Drew McIntyre, out came Lashley with MVP. But then out came Lana as well. And that kept Lashley from helping MVP, who pretty much got roundly beaten down until the very end. And after Drew McIntyre kicked MVP's head off again, Lashley hopped in the ring to give Drew Master, Drew uh, McIntyre the master lock. Excuse me, the full Nelson. 
I call it the master lock because I think that uh, Lashley stole it from Chris Masters when he when he broke Chris Masters' master lock. Remember that? Yes. No. Yes. Nick. Yes. yes no. Okay. Yes. I get it. I'm calling it the ma- I'm calling it the master lock from the Lashley lock from now on. <laughs> anyway, so that's how we went. I mean, it went off the air very abruptly. By the way, Nick, it went off the air with Drew wriggling around in the Lashley lock and unable to escape. And but Lashley Lashley's beating up Drew McIntyre. We're out of time. Stay tuned for Robin Hood. That was it. Do you think this was a ploy to get everybody to jump over to Raw Talk? Because if it was, it didn't Maybe. work. It didn't work for me. I got it frustrated that they just. But that's how it would have been TV. on. But on on that's on on TV. Yeah. So you're not going to go straight to the app after that? I don't know. It, it felt like a very awkward ending, yeah. and it also was weird because the Lana thing didn't pay off. It wasn't like Lashley was distracted while MVP was getting beaten. He, he was distracted, distracted at the beginning of the match. Yeah. So the whole thing felt very strange. I think I see where they're going with it. Like, ultimately, Lana's going to cost Lashley something here. But I guess the thing I need to ask you, Nick, is in this feud right now, we're trying to establish Drew McIntyre as a strong champion. Does Lashley look like a worthy opponent right now? Because he looks like he's strong enough to face Drew, but his head's not in the game. So is he worthy right now, like the way that they're setting this up? I'm at the with point with all the all the other stuff. Yes, but I feel like MVP is, is kind of getting in the way. Yeah, so M, the diff, I look at MVP a lot like I look at Heyman. Look at Brock, look at Lashley. Both neither of them really good on the mic. Both giant specimens of human beings. Paul Heyman is the mouthpiece and begs off when he gets threatened. I'm just an advocate. I'm just an advocate. Right, right. So we we saw that in the past with like a Paul Bear or somebody like that, right? We it just begs off, oh, don't touch me. MVP getting in the ring, I think, is the weird thing here. Why why is your advocate and your coach getting in the ring to have a match with a guy that you're preparing to face in a week? Yeah, and it's, it was weird that it was supposed to be a competitive match. And then the thing is, MVP actually to me is the linchpin that's making all of this work. He's selling Lashley really hard. He's making us believe that he could turn Lashley around. Yeah. Um. You know, between between his promo work and his the, the beatings he takes and everything else, like that's that's working. But it still it makes you scratch your head why this match had to happen. Yeah, hey. it seemed it did see it did seem odd. It did. Uh, I gotta I gotta catch up. We're behind. A couple of super chats. I want to call out. Yes, line drive with the five bucks. Thank you, man. Uh, Dominic. Thank you, Dominic's sir. face looks like it hasn't aged since the custody angle, and then he ate his dad. Damn, dude. Which one, Eddie or or Ray? The mystery is yet to be solved. That's hence where Mysterio comes from. Uh, also, thank you very much, Kyle. Next up, Josh, five bucks in the super chat, says, because I got a minute at work to jump on and say hi. How you doing, Josh? Thanks for joining Josh, us, man. At tip to you, sir. Appreciate the five bucks. Thank, thank you, you sir. very much, man. All right. Thank you. So where were we? Sorry to interrupt there. Had to uh No, that's had to no, pay no, the no, no. Super chats are super chats. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And um I think the only thing I've got left to say about about all of this is just, you know, the, the Lana angle on this as well. Like, uh, there's a lot of moving parts here. None of them are Drew. Drew is just kind of like, all right, come at me with whatever. Is this because <laughs> so, they trust Drew? Like, I trust Drew. He looks like a champ. He acts like a champ. He's got swagger like a champ. He sure. looks phenomenal carrying that belt around. And I we've been excited about it since December when he first turned sure. and then went and won the Rumble and all that stuff. I love Drew McIntyre as WWE champion. 
Uh, I don't think there's any way in. I think they're trying to figure out what to do around him. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Is I I feel like this is trying to create a whole bunch of other things going on around him, but the I think part of the problem is it doesn't directly involve him. He doesn't care if he fights Lashley or MVP. Like he's kind of peeved at Lashley, but he's not like really mad at him. But Lashley's wife comes out and Drew just kind of goes, "That's you having you're having you're having marital problems, are you?" Like he's he's. It's like, he's like, whatever. Drew laughing as Lana came out, looking at Bobby and going, <laughs> it just gives me life. I love that. But that's that's kind of what I'm saying, though, is like, what are we supposed to be afraid for our champion right now? Like, I'm not. No. It, There's it this whole like a dog and pony show. It's like a whole dog and pony show on, on uh, uh, like a sideshow going on with Lashley. Again, at the end of the day, Nick, I think Lashley's a great opponent for Drew. Absolutely great. But at some point, and maybe they were trying to show this with having him put on the full Nelson at the end of the show. They've got to get this serious. Like, it's got to come down to Drew wants to kick Lashley's ass. And, you know, I think he's already kind of there. But all of the other stuff circling this is distracting from that. Yeah. And, and unless they're going to, like, land this with an angle that's going to help Lashley and Drew get to a, a bigger, stronger place later on, which I don't see the trajectory of that right now. No. Um, then I then I worry about all this. Yeah. I like I like the detail work. I like the fact that Lana and MVP don't like each other, and that's gonna that's playing into like I like that as a story, but it's not helping Drew and Lashley and why they want to fight. No, it's if anything, it's distracting sense. away from that. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, lots of fighting on another part of the show. We actually started off with Apollo Cruz coming out as your new U.S. champion for his first time entering. As a champion in WWE, very cool, very deserved. And he came out and said he's a fighting champion. He's feeling very excited, very humble. Uh, but that the first person he wants to challenge is Kevin Owens. And last week, Kevin Owens got blindsided by Angel Garza and lost a match to him. And Kevin came out and said, I hope you're not giving me this match because out of pity or anything. And Apollo said, no, absolutely not. You deserved it. And Kevin Owens said, okay, man, then I, all I do is feel a little bit sorry. And Apollo said, why do you feel sorry? And Kevin goes, Kevin Owens goes, because you're going to have a really short title reign. Ha ha! Because I'm going to take it right <laughs> off of you. <laughs> and then they start to have a great match. They start to have a damn banger of a match. Nick, with, the, with, with Apollo gunning for Kevin's busted knee, which Angel Garza used last week to take him out. Right. But before we could get to a proper conclusion... Out come Angel Garza and Andrade and Zelina, and they interrupt the match. And then we go to the commercial, and we come back, and we're in a tag match with all four of them. Like, what? We were having a title match. What, why? Why? How, why? Huh? So obviously not the first time we've ever seen this, not our first rodeo. This happens. They don't want to have a clean finish in a title match. And we go into a tag match, which, I'm sorry, Nick, it still feels underwhelming when they do that. Yep. It, oh, it it's takes like, all, oh. The, all the air out of what could have been a banger match between Apollo Crews and Kevin Owens. And it was starting to look like that. Yep. It was starting to look like a real, like it was. It was turning into a really freaking good match. And I was actually like, I was bummed that they turned it into a tag match. Even though the tag match itself was also a very exciting match, I was less interested in it because it wasn't a title match. I was genuinely, all right, how are they going to get out of this? Oh, they're going to get out of this by having some sort of screwy finish. 
You gave me a, uh, a chocolate ice cream cone, and I was really excited about it. And then you took it away from me, and you handed me a vanilla one. And I went, I right. mean, it, but, I but it looks chocolate. like they're trying to build up. A, 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 they're they're continuing the feud with Andrade and Apollo, and they're continuing it with Angel Garza and Kevin Owens because uh, at the end Garza took out Kevin's leg again on the outside, but Apollo trapped Andrade inside, gave him a set out power bomb for the one two three, and beats him two weeks in a row. Um. Which I got to say, man, like I know Angel won last week in a really kind of questionable fashion on, on Kevin Owens, sure. but they got to give these guys some consistent wins because right now they, they're looking like that heel faction that can't really win matches. Sanity, sorry. And you've, and you've got to, lots, there's a lot of examples. <laughs> and you've got to, at some point, in my opinion, you've got to give your heels some momentum. You've got to give them the heat. And they don't get heat by losing matches. No. No. And Andrade's been consistently losing matching, matches for a while. I don't know if he pissed off somebody or what, but... <laughs> uh, he, he did. He, he took some bad, bad, bad drugs that he wasn't supposed to. Supposedly. Allegedly. We don't know what he took. He we don't failed know what he his took. performance wellness thing, Munjigger, sure. whatever it is. Yeah, but that could have been like Ritalin medicine or whatever, sure. like, you know, allegedly Roman Reigns got busted with. Like, what, it, who knows? Who knows? But the bottom line is, is like, if you want us to care about... This faction, this feud, like they've got to come across as a threat, and yes. they don't. They don't. They do, feel but in like the wrong threat. way. They're they're coming out and blindsiding and attacking and interrupting matches, and like that gets tired after a little bit, and that feels like that's what they've been doing. Yeah, recently. I'm more worried about them ruining a good match than I am about about them actually coming out and beating beating my faces, right? Or beating losing a match for that match. Like you're you you were up on them losing at some point. They got. I want them to just stop interrupting stuff. Like that's right. there's there's a there's an I I want them to be legitimate dick heels that can actually whip your ass if they decide to one morning. Uh, I don't want them to be another run in screwy finish trope. Like yeah. if, if you're gonna make them legitimate, you can't treat them like annoying brats. A uh, couple of hot super chats coming in. Uh, Abraham Castillo with the 1099 super chat says, Ooh, "Because Abraham, yes, I you. have had ice cream Welcome taken back. away from me." I feel your pain, Nick. <laughs> you know what? It sounds like there's a story behind it's that. It's more like I had this <laughs> luscious triple scoop waffle cone of ice cream in Kevin Owens and Apollo Crews that I was about to get. And then somebody yanked it out of my hand and handed me a frozen ice cream sandwich. That's, that's, that, that's a little bit more apropos of a, of a comparison. I, I like ice cream sandwiches. Uh, you would. Uh, thank you very much, Abraham. <laughs> Next up, Line Drive with another five bucks in the Super Chat says, if WWE is going to keep doing these sudden single matches into tag team matches, at least give me Teddy Long along with it to make it fun. And the loser gets in a match with the Undertaker. Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you very much, Nailed it. I agree with that. Nailed it. Exactly. That that is what this felt like. It felt like (laughs) one of those things like, all all right, I don't know what's happening. It just feels like there's some arbitrary dude in the back being like, Tag match. Yeah. Uh, uh, have them run yeah, out there sure. and uh, interfere with this one and because we don't want it to finish, and then we'll just turn it into a tag match. Uh, but, right. Mr. McMahon, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a title match. Ah, it doesn't matter. You're fired, Krista Joseph. How dare you question me? Exactly. So, yes, again, like... I, this was a little disappointing, but I love all these performers. They were the matches themselves were exciting, so I, you know, obviously we can't bitch 
too much about it. I like these performers all working together, so it's all just nitpicking at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, that being said, I, I, Nick, personally, I think it would serve Apollo better to move on and be a fighting champ where he does like the U.S. challenge. The you know, and fights different people every Yes. Week. There's a stipulation that Dijak might be coming up to play face him next week. Because Dijak tweeted out the I U.S. I literally title just picture. got a chill and almost peed myself at the thought of that. Um, and you, I could see that working where that's a match where, you know, if you don't want to have Dijak ruin in his first match, you have Andrade interrupt that match. I don't know. There's there's a, there's a time and a place. Um, Real quick, I got to cut in on you again because Esme just showed up and rolled the train Esme, down the tracks with a no! $50 super chat. Thank you so Esme. much, Esme. She says, everyone be safe out there. Definitely. Oh. Absolutely. You too. Thank you, Esme. Thank you so much. Get home. Get home. Uh, hopefully, you're home because it's it's curfew time here in LA. Yes. <laughs> Dang. Thank you, Esme. Girl, well, Esme, girl, you, girl. You, you just you mm. are you are here in time, and the rest of you are here in time as well for a moment that I have been dreading for the last 48 hours. Actually, I've been kind of worried since last week when we first heard about this because it happened during the tapings. Last week, but it finally got shown Monday night. And that was Nia Jax versus Kyrie Sane. Now, we had heard last week during the tapings that Kyrie had taken a bad bump face first into the ring steps, and the match had to be stopped because she was pouring blood out of a big gash in her forehead. Mm -hmm. And then they had restarted the match and finished it quickly. Um, and so we finally got to see this match this week. So we didn't want to, we didn't want to uh, jump to conclusions. We wanted to give the benefit of the doubt and say, no, 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 no. Just because Kyrie Sane's in a match with Nia Jax doesn't mean that Nia Jax is at fault for Kyrie Sane getting injured. Well, here comes this match. It was supposed to be kind of a heater for Nia Jax and her upcoming title shot against Asuka. And Kyrie comes out, by the way, with a with an umbrella with a very nice sentiment on it. Said, uh, you know, you know, I love you, uh, Kana-chan, for. Uh, uh, Hana Kimura, excuse me, Hana-chan. Um, so very nice sentiment towards Hana Kimura on her umbrella. Um, got, some, got some feelings about that. But she comes out of the ring and starts having a match with Nia. Looks pretty good. Gets some offense in. Beats Nia down. But ultimately ends up outside the ring. And here it comes to that spot. And this is the problem is that no matter how this match was going to be, we were just going to be sitting there waiting for this spot to happen. Well, Nick, it happened, and I watched it a ton of times. I've watched it in slow motion. Same. I've analyzed it just to make sure that I wasn't saying anything out of line or out, you know, that wasn't apropos. But Kyrie Sane was lying on the ring apron, head over the edge, feet pointing back into the ring. Nia pulls her off the ring apron. Kyrie comes down. Nia's got her hand behind Kyrie's head and on one of her shoulders. And as Kyrie is bent over forwards with two feet, she plants both feet, and Nia starts to move her forward. Kyrie takes one step, two steps, and then goes down on one knee as she hits the stairs, Nia propelling her forward. Now, Kyrie's going forward with her hair in front of her face, um, obviously never really planted when she came off of the apron, was off balance, and there was not enough room between her and the stairs for her to really turn her body with the momentum that she had. Um, it looked to me, Nick, and again, you and I, neither of us are wrestlers. We openly admit that. Neither of us are one of those two performers. We weren't there. We didn't feel how it actually felt for that to go down. And there's been no statement made by Kyrie Sane, Nia Jax, or WWE about this incident so far. 
But to a admittedly untrained eye, Nick, it looked like Nia Jax pretty much gave a little too much force on Kyrie Sane. Kyrie lost her balance and went into the stairs. And while Kyrie might have been able to save herself, it definitely looked like Nia did not exactly help the situation at all. And in fact, yeah, it kind of looked bad for Nia. So, Nick, I'm going to cede the floor to you as the biggest Nia fan in the room, the man with the Nia Jax shrine. That's, she's not all here because I'm a fan. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> so Polar go on, opposite, Nick. actually. What were, what were your thoughts when you saw I was I was the guy you were describing. Go down. As Nia and K- was coming out to the ring, as Kyrie's, I was like, oh, no, again? After the buckle bomb fiasco two weeks ago, we're, we're going to do this again? Wait, why do I need to see, first of all, before we get to even talk about the energy, w- injury, why do I need to see Nia Jax crush tiny little Kyrie Sane yet again? I don't. Why? Why are we? Why are we? Is it some kind of redemption thing? We need to give Nia another shot at look, proving how she can be a safe worker with a tiny little girl like Kyrie. Uh, these are the thoughts that were going through my head. I was going, okay, you know what? I fine. I can make sense of that. You know, let let's give Nia a little bit of a redemption thing. Shorter didn't didn't even take five minutes. She's whipping her around in a, in some the most awkward looking beal by her hair which looks awful by I'm waiting for her to one day to do that and come out with handfuls of hair right um and then the whole thing like the smashing of her face on the apron I'm wondering if Naya and I've said this before and I mean this genuinely I wonder if Naya does not recognize her own strength granted to her by her size I mean that I wonder if she does not understand how the physics of how to control that. And that when you throw somebody like that, you're mostly just hand on the small of the back kind of guiding their movement. So normally it should be. Normally it when we be. see somebody get thrown into the barricade, into the stairs, into anything, it's a it's a sort of shoulder somersault roll that they're doing and it it looks like they're helping them. Yeah. She legit threw Kyrie like a damn javelin head first into the stage. That might be overstating it. It definitely looked like she put force on Kyrie yes. that made Kyrie go off stumble, balance yes. and stumble and then couldn't control her fall well. And Kyrie may have been trying to do a good, you know, sell and just took it weird. Um, so it, you know, there, it may be something where you could say, okay, Kyrie didn't take the bump the way that she or she tried to take it too hard you know she's a she is a Kyrie's a tough tough lady yep and I've seen her intentionally take bumps hard to make it to to sell it well and to look good and that could have been part of it definitely was not how you should have been doing this move um as from what I can tell from everything that I've watched in the thousands and thousands of hours of wrestling that I've watched this didn't look how, how you're supposed to do this move no um, but again, we weren't there, so we can't officially say one way or the other. I were just saying it looks bad. It, it looks really, it looks really, really bad. bad. I've watched it frame and, by frame, probably 10 times back and forth. Just trying. And I agree with you. It, it looked like there was a stumble, but it looks like it's because Nia was legitimately driving, mm. not the other way around. Like she was driving her. She, pro- she propelled her beyond what Kyrie was intentionally doing on her own yeah. is what it appeared like. Yeah. 
for sure. Uh, Nick, over in the Super Chat, they're having a bit of talk about ice cream because that's more of a fun conversation oh. than talking about Kyrie Kyrie getting busted in the head. I, I missed Brad all the Shepherd. talk about ice cream because I was on my well, we said you We Sorry. said you might need some. We said you might need right. some, some ice cream after that rant, which you might. If you need a waffle cone, Nick, we, we, we can help you. Um, $2 from Brad Shepard. Thank you very much. The good, the good Brad Shepard, by the way. It's our Brad Shepard, yes. not the other Brad Shepard. So, hi, good Brad Shepard. $2, he says, because Oreos are the best. I don't know where that came from, but Oreos are pretty awesome. If, if you haven't lie. tried the chocolate marshmallow Oreos yet, you're missing out. Oh, my God. Oh, they're so good. I love, I like sweets. <laughs> if that wasn't obvious at this point. We've calmed you down with talk about Oreos. This is great, yeah, actually. Yeah, I, I completely forgot that there was a giant woman standing behind me who hurts people. Yeah, staring at you and wanting to hurt you. Right. Um, so, yeah. what? So Okay, so we had we had that match. Kyrie gets hurt. They obviously edit the crap out of the end of this. So we never see any blood. She gets thrown back in, leg drop, matches over. Asuka comes out, stares down Nia. Nia takes off. Think that's it. But then, of course, we have... A champion versus champion match later in the evening. Charlotte versus Asuka. Storied rivalry there, which Charlotte seems to usually win. Uh, but again, this match, another match, Nick, on this show that is an absolute baller match. These ladies are hitting the crap out of each other. Incredible transitions into different, different submission moves from Asuka. Lots of great work here. But ultimately, Asuka gets super kicked off of the apron to the outside. And as she recovers, her music hits, and out comes Nia Jax to Asuka's music, wearing Asuka's mask. And underneath, she pulls it off to reveal Asuka's face paint. And Asuka, as she always does when something like this happens, James Ellsworth and Carmella match, she freezes and is sitting there going, Nani? Before Nia Jax hits her, knocks her down, beats her up, throws the mask down on her, and walks away. The match is thrown out, and that's that. So I'm not sure, Nick, what the intention of this was. I mean, obviously, they're trying to build for Asuka and Nia. But as far as the Charlotte match, were we trying to just establish that these two have an ongoing rivalry? Because it's going to come back around later. Um were we throwing out the ending to try to leave it like leave it open so that we're all like our appetite is wet for that later? Or was this to make us more mad at Nia because she interrupted a great match? What was the intention with having this go the way that it did? Have, have they booked the women's match, the championship match from the raw women's championship match for backlash yet? Cause I have a gut hunch. It's going to yeah. end up being no, it's, it's Oscar Nia. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's official. How was this supposed to get me excited for that match? How was this? Well, because you're mad. You're mad that Asuka and Nia have a beef. No, I'm not. Nia, Nia did that to Asuka. She ruined her match with Charlotte. Urgh, it's, Nia. it's what we were talking about with LIWWE earlier, where they're just coming out interrupting good matches. She's just coming out interrupting a good match. Now I just have disdain because she interrupted Charlotte and Asuka. And, this, and Nick, you and I agree they shouldn't have had Charlotte and Oscar given away in a no, random show anyway. Never. Like, why have it? And then, I mean, you because you kind of have to have a screwy finish when you have that match. Yes, it's predictable. Especially when it's champion versus champion, you have to have a screwy finish. But it's just, it's just. That the problem is that then we're left after the match going, man. Screwy finishes and surprise roll-ups are the bane of WWE. 
Like there, I don't know. Just, uh, every once in a while, I'm not mad at a surprise roll. Well, we had it's a roll up like, with Alistair Black getting one over on Seth. That one worked. Like it worked, and especially because Seth sold it so perfectly yes. afterwards. Like I can't believe this happened. They were they were grappling. Uh, uh, he had him in a triangle. It ended up getting rolled. Like that was that worked. I loved that. But I. I uh, just I can't anymore. I'm this sorry. didn't do anything for Oscar. It didn't do anything for Naya. Nope. It didn't do anything for Charlotte. Nope. No one came out looking better. If and if anything, it's just we reestablished that. Like you, you didn't need this. You had Naya beat Oscar's best friend earlier in the evening. All you're doing, what you're doing here, is redundant. This is redundant, and it's ruining a match that should be a pay per view match. Yep. And I so, would. I, you've now had two matches where Nia Jax has caused harm directly or indirectly, <laughs> to her best friend and ta- former tag team partner. Sure. In Kyrie Sane. Asuka should go out and beat the absolute holy hell out of Nia Jax at Backlash. And that's the thing is, like, even if you don't, if they're, if they're standing behind, okay, no, it wasn't Nia's fault, fine, that's, hey, it's their, it's their wrestlers. They want their wrestlers to get injured. That's on them if they believe that's the case. If they believe it's not and we're not seeing something, then, okay, that's also their prerogative. But if the perception is, I mean, and they've done this time and time again, and not always tastefully, but if that's the perception that Nia Jax is injuring Kyrie Sane, we know Kyrie's fine. She's fine. Why not have, turn, turn the ship that way and say, Nia has injured my friend time and time again. I'm going to kick her ass. Yep. That's great hot feud stuff. Yep. Not she interrupted my match with Charlotte and dressed up like me. Right. That's... 12-year-old That's stuff. not... A, that's Vince that's yeah, stuff. That's, mm. So, not terribly exciting. Uh, that being said, there's a woman's feud that I have a lot more invested in, and that's the Iconics versus Bliss and Cross, because that one actually feels like a real competitive feud. You had Billy Kay versus Nikki Cross on this show, um, and it was a bit of a silly match, but it's, it's the Iconics. But it was also, actually, I thought, very entertaining. I, and ultimately, Billy Kay won clean. So you've established the Iconics are a threat to Bliss Cross. They established that last week. I lo- and they continue I loved, to do so. Or, sorry, was it two weeks ago? Because I don't think they were on last week. No, it was last week. It was it last was week. Last, okay. They beat him down. With that, yeah. whole, that whole face-off in the ring, and then they mm-hmm. atta- they viciously attacked Bliss and Cross, and I was just like, oh, shit, here we go. Yes, storyline, finally. Sure. Um, I'm not a fan. I'm not always a fan of challengers beating champions before the actual championship match. Right. But in the case of tag teams, if you have one tag team member beat the other tag team member, that I think is more legitimate because it does call into question, okay, you know, on any given Sunday kind of thing. Right. You know, these two could be paired up and this one has this one, you know, Billy Kay has Nikki Cross's number or whatever. Um, There's always the possibility it could make Nikki look like the weak link of her team, but you can also address that in storyline. Yeah. So it's, it, it does, this actually, having this kind of match does actually lend more grist to the kind of stories they want to tell with these tag teams. Um, so I, I was actually a fan of this. Yeah. No, but, I, I loved this whole part. This, this is the, the match was fine. Billy Kay is a little bit silly, but still went toe to toe with Nikki cross. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. Did you enjoy the Viking Raiders and the street profits going bowling, Nick? Because that also was on this episode of raw. They I, went bowling. I wanted to hate it. Uh Oh, but I had a blast. I, I had a really good time. Wow. I, I don't know what else to say. That's not what I thought you were going to say. 
That's what, not what, what I did you think I was going to say? Well, before I tell you that, I'm going to uh, Kyle over in the chat with five dollars line drive. Thank you very much, sir. He says uh, he's talking about Billy Kay. He said Billy single-handedly feuding with everyone in and outside of the ring in one match. Haven't seen someone go that hard at a ref in ages. Love it. Me too. Good call. That's actually that's one of the best things about Billy is that she, like it, her demeanor, her character, like one of the things like if you look up iconics yelling at backstage interviewers, like you'll get so many hilarious videos of them just going off. It's great. They're great. I love that she does that. You know, whatever she lacks in in-ring technical ability, which I actually think she's not not bad at all. But the fact she can go out there and tell a whole story is fantastic. She's got so many other things she can do while she's out there, so much character work. So, yeah, agreed. Doesn't need a mic. Her voice is so shrill, and the tone just (laughs) cuts through everything, every every other wavelength. Yeah. You got Peyton squealing and screaming, and then you got her screaming her uh, lines. It's awesome. I love the Iconics. Nikki screaming. A lot of screaming in this segment. I, I. Peyton Royce was on that singles run in NXT for a long time, not really going anywhere. I think pairing the two of them up was the best thing for both of their careers. I hope they are yep. a long-time tag team and they don't break them up anytime soon. I've got to go find the interview where they were talking about how they went to high school together and they hated each other in high school. Okay. <laughs> like that's It was it was interesting. I was like, really? They're like, yeah, now we love each other. Yeah, I'll ring Tony later, see if they've ever hung out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Back to the Viking Raiders and Street Profits in the Bolt. But you liked this segment. You were entertained by this. Do you, did you in feel a, that it, I'm sitting here eating my popcorn, having a good time kind okay. of way. Sure, sure. I love the guy. My favorite moment of the whole thing was when the street, the, there was the guy at the counter, the weird yes. looking dude, <laughs> just the guy. Hey, guy, hit the smoke, hit it. And just. And they play their music, and the smoke comes out from somewhere. Out of what, like you have smoke coming about out. Of ha- you're talking about halfway through the skit, where yeah. the street prophet said, "Okay, this is lame. We're not doing well. We're throwing gutter balls right and left. We want the smoke." And the whole place turns into like you know disco bowling. Is that what you're talking yes. about? Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I, that was my favorite thing. I mean, Ivar stealing turkey legs out of the kitchen was also funny, but it was terribly acted. It was it was so bad. It was just you had to let go and just go with it. All of these have been this way. I the, the they've worn on me. The first couple, I was kind of like, all right, cute, haha. I was entertained. I was cringing from the second that started this week, Nick. I maybe maybe I just was in a, the wrong headspace for it. I'll admit it. I don't know what it was. This this did not connect. I was just like, oh god. And the fact that you the fact that you are finally being like, yeah, it's fine. They made War Machine Bowl and they're they're a comedy. They're they're doing comedy skits no, now. You know, I resigned Great. that a month ago when they did the basketball <laughs> one. <laughs> like this up. this is not guys, <laughs> that's the realization that we have to make. This is not yep. War Machine anymore. Even yep. though they're going raid, raid, raid. I'm like, Stop it. You're right. that's not you anymore. You are Fashion Police 2.0. Congratulations. I don't know about that, but I know what you're saying. They're they're another in a long line of serious teams that go to WWE and become cartoons. They become clownish, and and that's essentially what's happening here. And as you're right, Nick, you're right. You're using my words against me. I've got to resign to the fact that it's WWE, and they're going. That's this is what they are in WWE. Long long and live War Machine. Long they, live they War Machine. Great. May it rest in peace. <laughs> 
Um, and if you if you if you watched uh, Raw Talk afterwards, you actually saw them on Raw Talk, right? And uh, and Charlie was saying how what a hunk of, of lovely man meat Ivar was, and that you know Eric maybe not so much. But um, yeah, so they were they're out and they're out there kind of smiling and happy and wearing the shirts. I'm like, hey, we're cool guys. <laughs> so I'm not sure if you know what the they they're they're giving up trying to get them over as badasses. They're trying to get them over as like fun, relatable guys. You could hang out. They're like the Vikings next door, uh, which I don't I can't wrap my head around. When you looked at these two guys and were like, let's make them like happy go lucky, friendly dudes next door. I don't know when they thought like that was the right way to go but apparently they did and that's what we're going so Ky- wonderful get a match between them by backlash kyle we'll in the see. chat seems to think we're gonna ha- we need a double dare skit where one of them gets slimed yeah right that's a reference we're, for we're getting 90s that point kids out there yeah we're, what does he say we're gonna get one of the like ivor's gonna say i don't know and he gets, yeah. he gets slimed no that's you can't do that on television See, you got the reference, though, didn't you, Nick? I got that yeah, reference, yeah. You're old as dirt, I too. heard that. Speaking <laughs> of old as dirt, Shawn Michaels, cra- crazy old, like, he looks like the, dude, Shawn Michaels came out with his new, like, huge old beard and his one crooked eye and his hat on, looking like the Scooby-Doo villain when he gets unmasked at the end of an episode. Right. I swear to God. And I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for for you. We got to get off 90s television here. Was it for you, meddling kids? Right. (laughs) So he comes out to discuss the, quote, greatest wrestling match ever, much in the way that Ric Flair talked last week about how Randy Orton was going to win the match. Well, this week, Shawn Michaels said that due to – let me find the exact words he used. Um, He said that due to – uh, what he felt was experience, wisdom, and fate. Maybe a little bit of fate. Edge was going to win the greatest wrestling, what could be the greatest wrestling match ever. Okay, so counterpoint to Rick. And then last week, Rick was then counterpointed by Edge. Well, this week, Sean was counterpointed by Randy Orton, who essentially said in his promo, Yes, Edge, you're right. You had to fight for everything that you did, and I took it easy the entire time. I've half-assed my way through my career I've and still accomplished my way more. <laughs> then, and he pretty much basically said what a lot of people have said about him, which is Randy Orton, if he had really tried, imagine what he would do. Uh, he pretty much admitted, he's like, yeah, I half-assed my way my entire career. I, who knows whether it's kayfabe or not. He truly believes it, but they got him to say it. Uh, he said, I half-assed my way through my entire career, and look, I'm 14-time champion, youngest ever champion. Ric Flair says I'm one of the greatest wrestlers to ever wrestle up boots. Um, imagine when I actually try. And I got visions of Orange Cassidy. Right. And this in this match, Randy Orton's going to try. Um, so Randy's saying, that's right, Edge, I baited a trap for you, uh, which you walked right into. So yes, bring your grit, bring your all your you know childhood dreams, and I'm Randy Orton, I'm just going to go out and kick your ass because that's what I am capable of doing when I want to. Which, okay, I like that angle, but should this just be talking heads? Is that, I mean, and the fact that they they are really driving home this greatest wrestling match thing. We'll get some physicality next week on the Go Home Show, but yeah, this was fine for me the last you couple think? of weeks. Yeah, it was, it was all right. It was a treading water a little bit. It was a building ah. beef and trading jabs and things like that. I, I'm, I'm you okay think this is going to be like an Edge and Randy Orton face to face? You think that's going to happen next week? Maybe we'll do a contract signing. Oh God! 
with no. Jerry the King Lawler. Oh no, wait, uh, Samoa oh, no, Joe. No, sure. Nick. <laughs> okay, that would be a little better, but not not don't Nick. Yeah. Don't put that evil on any of us. Not. Please, King has Wish King has done true. his contract King signings. Gone. Samoa Joe here. I don't want to curse that in any way. <laughs> And Joe is here. It looks like he's here to stay for now. They're, they're going to reassess when he's done being injured. He's also hosting Raw Talk. Yes. Oh, Joe. Joe. Joe, Joe, Joe. Although I'm gonna, I've got to tell him to stop using the word decimate. I don't think he knows what it means. He, he, oh, Nia Jax is decimating Kyrie Sane. She's taking one-tenth of Kyrie Sane? I don't understand. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> words. Words have meaning. <laughs> you know the real meaning of decimate. <laughs> and that's one in ironic. That was it. That was uh, that was the show. Uh I thought I, I felt I kind of felt like it was a yeah, treading water. Some very good action, but not a whole lot of outcomes and not really any major shifts in direction across the board. I um the one last thing I want to say about the Edge Randy Orton thing and, and Shawn Michaels specifically is that the irony was not lost on me that they had the guy who many consider to have had the greatest wrestling match of all time in him versus Undertaker at 25 uh, out here saying literally greatest wrestling match, match ever. <laughs> literally every match that Shawn mentioned that he'd been in. I'm like, this is not going to be more than that. a hundred nope. times better than this be match that stands match. to be. Like Edge and Randy Orton could go out there and put on an absolute barn burner, and they're not going to come close to any of the matches Sean just mentioned. Right. <laughs> that irony was not oh. lost on me. I, oh it no! Just it made me eye roll so hard I almost fell off the thing. And I'm just proud that Shawn Michaels, in his new glorious, glorious beard that he's growing out, I love it, um, was able to keep a straight face as he was saying all of those things about this match. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. Well, there you go, guys. There's Monday Night Raw. Thank you very much for tuning in. But to close out the show today, we are going to mm. head over and do what we like to call our moment of positivity. That's right. The moment of positivity. The mop. Brought to you by our listener, Sean Clark, who said it would be a good idea to have a moment of positivity on our show to look back at everything that happened since the last show that we had mm -hmm. in the world of wrestling, world of sports entertainment, and think about what we can take away that was positive, what made us happy, what made us smile, what gave us that warm, fuzzy feeling inside, what tickled our tail feathers. What was the thing, Nick, uh, I guess it's just raw, but, but anything else in the, in, in the world as well in sports entertainment? What and, and and this is something we really need right now in the days that we've been having because my goodness it's crazy out there. Yeah. What is something that you can take away that was really positive from the last few days? Um, I'm and I and I say this all outside of Nick booking and genuinely right outside of our own whatever kayfabe world that we have here on Busted Wide Open. Uh, seeing Dominic come in to get into wrestling, I I want if if I want to see like the a next generation Lucha superstar come through if it. If it ends up being Dominic, fantastic. But I love the one of the things I love about Lucha Libre is the the legacies and the generations of talent that are that are always tied. And there's a there's something that gives it a little bit more oomph when there's a when there's a generational 
heritage and a legacy that comes through. So if we have the legendary Rey Mysterio and his son Dominic come through, just think about as Dominic grows throughout his career, we're always going to be reminded of Rey's time in WWE and how amazing that has been for the last 20 years. Um, so I, that's one thing that was positive to me is it feels like we are finally on the track uh, of getting Dominic into WWE. There was a lot of good things that happened this week, some okay. Uh, I want to give a little hat tip to Billy Kay. I thoroughly enjoyed that match more than I thought I would on paper. I thought it was awesome. Her work in that match was top-notch. So, yeah, those are mine. How about yours, Surrey and Dangerous? You know, honestly, like this is not something that we normally dip our toes into on this show, uh, so bear with me here. But I've got to say, if there was one thing that really – warmed my heart over the last few days and there's been a lot of there's been a lot of these but this was specific just because you know having watched the guy for nearly 20 years now and seen his ups and downs and seen a lot of the ways that he's kind of gone back and forth in people's perceptions and in um just being on the right side of history and the wrong side of history um we just mentioned him randy orton um watching him on twitter when everything's been going down over the last few days um get on Twitter and be one of the many, many, many uh, WWE superstars that you know put up the hashtag Black Lives Matter. And Randy was one of them. I mean, you know, the, his last one before that was, uh, was about Shad Gaspard. And um, as you would expect, you know, there was the, the reaction was all over the place um, from, from fans coming at him. And Randy, I think, handled it actually very elegantly. Um, including one person who, who tweeted at him to stop spreading hate and segregation. They said, try unity and working together. People need to change, not, quote, something needs to change. All lives matter. And Randy Orton said back to that, all lives do matter. But the point I was trying to make is that I finally realized that until black lives matter, they can't. Right. Get it? Yeah. So the fact that Randy was not just a hashtag, that he was out there actually trying to help people understand that that perspective and and actually educate and not just you know put you know put like black out his picture he actually was making an effort um and you know having people sign petitions and so forth like that's that's that was putting his money more where his mouth is than i thought of him and that gave me a lot of respect for him um because he didn't just throw up a hashtag he actually was engaging right and trying to open people's eyes. So that really just, hmm, Randy, good stuff, man. Um, that was my moment of positivity, yeah. my big one. Yeah. So, Thank you very much. And uh, I, I, I am blown away right now. Abraham Castillo just dropped 50 bucks in the Super Chat. Dude. Dude, Abraham. Because Thank this is the so best much, podcast man. ever. I was able to be live with you guys tonight. It's been a while. Always a fun time. And I leave positive and with a smile. Thank you. Spread love, not hate. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. A freaking man, dude. Amen. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys very much. Abraham, Esme, Kyle, uh, who did I miss? Brad, thank you guys all for the amazing super chats tonight. We loved it. Uh, and thank you guys for hanging out with us live tonight. It was a blast. I know there's a lot going on in the world right now, but thank you guys for making time for us to talk a little bit about wrestling and as maybe just a reprieve for an hour. So we appreciate that, and thank you for joining Amen. us. Amen. For those of you listening on audio um, and you couldn't make it to the live show, try and join us sometime. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the chat is very lively. It's almost like a third leg of the show 
going on with me and Sir Ian Dangerous here. So come over and check us out at youtube.com slash Open. Make sure you're subscribed and got your notifications turned on because BWO Daily happens daily. So every Monday mm. well, Monday through Friday around 5 p.m. Eastern, you're going to see a new about 10-minute video pop up with the day's news nuggets and bites with myself and Surrey and Dangerous recapping everything that went down uh, that day. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. Come over to Facebook, search for Busted Wide Open, like our page, send us a join request to get into the, the group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. And speaking of those guys and girls, patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers. It is the best way to support the show. We love you guys for all of your support there. Uh, but you get access to all kinds of good stuff like bonus episodes, show notes, Skype calls, all kinds of things happening over at patreon.com slash BWO. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.